Thanks for tuning in to High Green, the Boston and Maine Railroad Historical Society's official podcast. High Green is funded by your membership in the Boston and Maine Railroad Historical Society, and any opinions expressed throughout the show are solely those of the owner. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and as always, if you're interested in learning more about our organization, you can visit our website, www.bmrrhs.org. Perhaps this story hasn't been told in B&M circles, but no. it, it's a B&M story and it's a good one. And the next thing you know, we hear 119 getting out of town with his steam engine working like the hell. He's going up by way of Rutland. We'd like to thank you for your support this past year. It was a tough one. But certainly, we were able to get a lot of new content out to our followers and members, and that's something that really helped us get along throughout the year. If you'd like to make your mark and support the Society and join the Society in our efforts, you can head on over to our website, BMRRHS, and if you're not a member, sign up to become one. Your membership dues go directly to fund the Society and our efforts, and you'll also receive our famous glossy magazine, the B&M Bulletin, several times a year, and our newsletter published bi-monthly. It's a really great way to show your love for the Boston and Maine and New England railroading. And as a member, you can join one of our committees and get right into it. You can find all the info you'll need right on our website. When it comes to remembering the past of the Boston and Maine, visual is easy. There's thousands of photographs, negatives, and slides out there where somebody interested in the Boston and Maine can get a pretty good picture of the way the railroad used to look. But what about sound? A far more visceral sense, allowing one to close their eyes and imagine that they're standing trackside on the Con River line at night. Well, thankfully, it was not uncommon for rail fans back in the 1970s and 80s to carry with them tape recorders. This was a way to get a different capture of a freight train or a passenger train. One such rail fan was Mike Bump, whom I met just a few years ago when I was at Keene State College. Mike's an engineer for Pan Am Railways, and when I was at Keene, he was the engineer on BF1, Pan Am's Bellows Falls-based local freight, operating on the Con River Line which, of course, used to be a joint Boston and Maine and Central Vermont mainline through the western part of New Hampshire and the eastern part of Vermont. Mike's got a special connection to that part of New Hampshire. He's from Claremont, and his father, Pete Bump, was general manager of the short line Claremont and Concord Railway, which interchanged with the Connecticut River line at a place called Claremont Junction. Growing up in the 1970s and 1980s, Mike was constantly trackside, day and night, to photograph and record trains on the Con River line. And the Con River was busy. Sometimes there were as many as nine trains a day passing in either direction on the line. You had Boston and Maine freights, Central Vermont freights, Boston and Maine and Central Vermont pool jobs, and you had Boston and Maine and Canadian Pacific pool jobs. Not to mention various local freights, extras, and of course Amtrak's Montrealer. So it was a very busy place. I recently got the chance to sit down with Mike, listen to some of his audio tapes, and listen to him tell some stories chasing trains on the Con River line. We hope you enjoy our conversation, and I hope he gives you a chance to picture yourself trackside the way it used to be. Power for CVED coming out of the hitch at Fried Liver Junction. Approximately 
80, probably about 84, 85. Yeah. On the Sunday night. Near the end of winter. November 11th, 1984. Beginning of the winter, excuse me. 84 was a year off. That's right. Don Winter and Leroy Frederick there with me. Yep. Is this the station in White River? That's the station in White River, right, right in front of the pasture station on the CV side, picking yep. up the cars that came down on 444 with C and Caboose. Two Jeep lines. BM Jeeps, they wouldn't have, the pool was done up to St. Albans, so they wouldn't. No, these Jeeps were, there was no pool job at this point. Yeah. The both railroads are pissed off at each other. 444 getting the White River. The CV Jeeps and the CV part of the train would cut away with the CV buggy in the middle. The short holes here, one tight curve, and that's going to pop. And the CV crew, the new CV crew, would get on and take the train up. Okay. B and M would get whatever power they had the night before coming up that day to leave and see me. Whenever they were on duty, would come over with the two jeeps down the cross over the Nut Street, come up and tie on to the rear end of the train. That is the who's on. Hunting and everything on it. Oh my God! I don't know.
Make your own orders up here. Oh, yeah. Anybody come in later on it? Oh, tomorrow morning. Nobody even is going to No jobs in or out of here now, is it? After this, just 32 and 33. That's all. Southbound CV job, probably back when it was a pool job. The CV Jeeps in the lead? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, that's the 4928, that horn. Is it the junction? Yep. Five, six units every night. That's when it was still CVS be a, a cool job. Now, did they do a crew change at all, or did they go direct? CV crew, St. Albans, White River, B&M crew, White River, Springfield. Okay. Set off in Brattleboro, set off the CVs for the Southern Division, along with probably a couple of units. Set off at Deerfield and the rest all through the Springfield. Oh, Springfield. Rest were uh, Springfield, Conrail, and Saltcote, Conrail. Yeah. Boston and Albany connection? Mm hmm. Yep. He's actually going pretty fast over the hill from Southbound. What was the speed limit at that time? 40. Oh, yeah. I go faster than you that. Guys, you guys pushed it. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. 50. Yeah. It wasn't like it is today, you know. Yeah. Engineers made time when they knew they could do it, you know. Right. That's all newsprint in the rear end. Oh, yeah. A loaded newsprint? Yeah. CVCN box players, <clears throat> DWP box players. They have more run through than they did set off. Yeah. CN Caboose. CN Buggy. Yep. Point St. Charles? Probably either that or a Hawker Sydney. Yeah. Most of those are. Point St. Charles buggies. Nice cabooses. Yeah. I mean, you could see the rear end of the train 50, 60 cars away from you when it was going by, coming up the hill because you could see the the lights on it. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a B&M northbound, right? Um, SPCP, CP job, the White River, the way it sounds. B&M or CV power? Oh, no, SPCP was always B&M power. Always B&M. Yeah, B&M CP. Oh, the CP job, yes. Yeah. Right. This time, the CP power wasn't coming down that often. This is... This is... And that's when they combined it with the Berlin job. So we had yep. Berlin stuff up front, Whitefield and all that. Caboose and the CP stuff. These guys flying. This job, this is be a nighttime job. 
used to go through here anywhere between 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock at night going off. Yeah. Engineers back then, at least up here, they flew. Oh, know. yeah. Mr. Buggy, halfway through the train? Yeah. Now you hear auto acts now and then. <clears throat> This, all, this stuff here is all the CP traffic that rolls over with Newport. Yep. Up into Canada. <coughs> yep. How much of that traffic goes up to here today? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Maybe there's nothing today. The VTR stuff, maybe a dozen cars or so. If even that, you know. Yeah. It's a big train. 123, I think, that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was normal uh, back then. You two know? trains combined, yeah. It's, but it was, it was normal back then, I mean. Right. Plus all the Berlin, all the paper cars, the empty paper cars. Yeah. It was not a, you know, the train if I had less than 70 cars, it was a small train. Right. <laughs> now today, if they got 70 cars, it's a big train. Yeah. And then, I mean, there were a lot more of them, too. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Five, you know, six it, trains it, a night. And at one point, you had your Berlin job separate. North and south, your CP job north and south, your two CV jobs. This is where they they came apart going south, south of Charlestown. The CP job was running late, like he's going south like nine o'clock at night, and he should have been gone by nine o'clock in the morning. Anyhow, they got south of Charlestown about maybe a mile. And they came apart. And then we were helping them try to find because guy up in the buggy couldn't walk in the snow. It was so bad. Oh yeah. So this guy from the head end, we gave him a ride and we we're trying to find it. But anyhow, um, I think this is them going. Maybe not. This might SPCP? be SPCP. This is SPCP. A different. This is a different day than what you were hearing the conversation on before. This is SPCP at Grissom Lane with a bunch of TTX piggyback flats right here. Yep. He did a set-off at Tampax. His train was so long, he had to leave his train south of Grissom Lane, take the Tampax cars up, set them off, come back, and then grab his train and go north. Reason being, he was well over a mile long. Right. Because he had all these TTX flat cars going back to wherever, empty. Piggyback cars? Yeah. yeah. Plus regular freight. Three units. The lead unit was a 1744. Yep. The 1744, 1821, and the 1556, by the time the TLN gets there, though, he's going. He's flying. Regular freight, and eventually you hear the, all the TTX flat cars, there's a little bit longer to stand between them. Right. Longer and lighter. Yep. Of course, these are mostly empties going north, anyhow. But, I mean, the trains are long. I mean, that's why it was so much fun to rail fan. You never knew what you were going to see. You knew what you were going to see, but you never knew. Right, it was different. More variety. Variety. Yeah. There you go. In the paint schemes, the freight cars. Paint schemes, the freight cars, the locomotives, and the people. The people, yeah. The people, more than anything, you know. Of course, you see the changes because you, you ran this line in the modern era. Yeah, and, and you grew up on it when it was busy. Yeah, I mean, today, you know, I know rail fans that don't know anything other than what they're experiencing today think it's right and everything, but 
compared to like the 80s and like that, it's, it's nothing. How many trains a night would go on the line? Well, you had, you had your CV, B&M job south, your CV job south, your B&M CV job going north, your CP job going north. You had a rocket CV piggyback train south, then north. Yeah. And you had your Berlin job going north and south. And you had, you know... Six, seven trains. Between, yeah. say, five o'clock in the afternoon and, say, five or seven in the morning, you had eight, nine trains, plus two Amtraks. Two Amtraks, right? Two Montreal, you know... All Montreal. the way to Montreal, too. Right. Yeah. You know, and back at one point, like in the 70s, you know, mid-70s to late-70s, B-units on it. And still run the B&M local out of Brattleboro? That would come up during the week, weekday. Yeah. Like three days a week, two days a week, up the Windsor and back. Yeah. And now you get what? <laughs> one road job in either direction every day? One road job either direction, and one, one NECR road job in either direction is a shadow of itself. Not I mean, local? Yeah. That's I mean, it. Well, the NECR 324. Right. I mean, 324, maybe 50 cars in the middle of the week. 50, yeah, 50 you know, cars. If they're lucky. It, it's nothing. It, it's no trains on the weekends. The weekends used to be we went out and kept caught trains. No trains on the weekend. We used to go out on a Saturday night at six, seven o'clock at night and stay up till five, six o'clock in the morning. Right. Now, after yeah, Amtrak, that's it. Amtrak's not even running now. Right. Not right so now. Yeah. Right now, you got your NECR job that goes north on Friday nights, three two three. And the local going back to where you're on Friday night, there's nothing until Monday night. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Are the TTX flats or they're already? That's what they were, yeah. Those are gone already. This is rid of the freight now. Near the tail end. Did they combine the Berlin job at this point or was that? Not at this point. It was still, it was on and off. It was, yeah. it was an on and off thing. This is earlier. Yeah. But it would, they would do it. They would, you know, this is the same train at Windsor. We hightail it. Out of Gristle Lane where we just went by, we hightailed it. Got in Leroy's van and... Just got there when they were coming through? It's about, we were about getting out of his van when he was... I had my tape recorder just basically, as we were pulling up, I'm slapping it on, just yeah. getting out the van, you know. And they got to slow down to 30 for the 30 for the, for, for, uh, the crossings in Windsor. But after that, it's... Going by the station? Yep. Yep. Of course, he's going north. It's downhill in the Windsor, so he's not really working much no. throttle. But. And that's when it was jointed rail too. It was more fun with jointed Sounds rail. different, yeah. Sounds better. But this was the CV maintained portion. Well, this is right at the station where the B&M's ownership and the CV began. So the track what? conditions probably... Back then the track conditions were good on both ends. Yeah. Because the B&M maintained the track. It wasn't like today, you know, it wasn't what happened later on, you know. Right. The only difference was north of the station, you went on a welded rail because that had been welded rail since like 77, 78. The CV put in welded rail all the way to White River. Yeah. But in front of the station was still jointed rail, it was still B&M. Yeah. Where the actual boundary was when it became CV, I couldn't tell you, but it was somewhere in that area. Right. And that's why you're at jointed rail and with the welded rail. The head end, the engines now are on the welded rail, so that engineer's probably going, let's go. Have a nice day. And, yeah. <laughs> Have a nice day. We'll see you. Now, this would be a, a four man, five man crew, four man crew? Four man crew. Four man. Three, four man, three being out. Engineer, conductor, two brakemen? Yep. yep. Sometimes they didn't have a second brakeman, so I think it's three. Always, always a caboose, the guy back there. Hey, stop in White River? Crew change. Crew change, yep. Okay. 
Was it, was it wasn't a CP crew north of there? Was that Wells River where they did the switch there? No, it was White River. Um, six months out of the year, I believe it was a CP crew on the job. Newport to White River in return. And the other six months it was a B&M crew. White River to Newport in return. It was a, you know, one of those deals. It was October 2nd, 82? This year. Yeah. Whatever this is coming up. What did you record these on? Just a small handheld Panasonic recorder. Yep. And tapes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's definitely a CV job. It's probably a CVSP. Sounds like a CV bell. It is. That I think is the 4925. That horn. Yep. That's. 5416, 2445, 2544. 2544. 5416, 1745, 5458. Okay. And that is at Chapin's right down there, which is considered South Switch Walpole. Yep. Across from the Portland Oval. The dam. Oh, okay. Yep. In the state line there. Yeah. Yep. He's going south. Of course, he's doing 10 miles an hour because he's going through Dallas Falls. CVSP. Yep. Probably. Nine o'clock at night somewhere through there. You know, where did we got off that? What we're at now, I don't know. A bell, crossing bell. That's definitely Claremont Junction. That yep. bell. Now we're at something else. This is going back to um, when they had their break into yep. in Charlestown after they got going. Flip back. When I got short in the end of tape, I would kind of like. Don't want to waste the tape. Yeah. Right. Or I'd say, well, this is going to be better than this. I'll erase this to get this. Right. Which was different than today. This is Amtrak coming south through Claremont Junction to Montreal. 11.45 at night. A unit? No, it was an F-40. F-40. He was due out of white river like at 11.15. He got down to like 11.45. With the, with the tape, it's the same thing as film. You had to pick and choose what you recorded. It's not like today where you can just record anything. But I mean, you show. couldn't, you know. CP Claremont Junction, October 6, 1982. That answers that. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, <clears throat> when you wanted, you know, if you were going out rail fanning all night long, you wanted to be sure you had batteries and a cassette tape because the only thing that was open was a convenience store. Right. You know, you weren't able to go to a Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning. No, no. <laughs> You know, yeah. And the convenience stores didn't carry like what they carry today. You can go to a convenience store now, you, you could probably find double A batteries if you, you know, looked hard enough. Oh, but, sure. But back then, you just, you know. No scanners or anything, right? Oh, yeah, you had scanners. That's how we knew where everything was. Yeah. You had the portable scanner. He's going north. Well, they didn't have friends on the train, so you could. Well, you had Fred's, but they were on the buggy. They were on the buggy, okay. Yeah. If they worked. If they worked. Back then, they didn't... Probably really, didn't work on the B&M cabooses. They really didn't care if they worked back then, because they had a guy back there, and it wasn't like it is today, where, you know, ooh, you know, we're going to panic, we don't have enough, no. Yeah. You're 80 cars, the guy's back there, you know, you want an ID, give him a call, you know? Right. Yeah, he's going north. Typical CP job. Going north. Two clam on something. Yep. But all the trains back then were... You know, we weren't talking 30, 40 times trains. They were all good trains. You know? Yeah. He was all our racks. You could hear the difference. The longer, yeah. It's empty line. Yeah. Empty north, load south. Seems to be how most stuff went other than the paper cars. Oh, paper cars were loads, loads south, empties north. Yeah. Paper. Lumber probably too. Feet. Lumber, lumber south. Empty lumber flats more north. You know? um, feed was... Kind of both, you know. Right. A lot of salt, a lot of propane. Um, cement. Cement going south. 
This could be one of our adventures to White River. Oh yeah. Right up by the station. Yeah. This I think is the uh, CP job. After a crew change at White River, what they would do is they would. It was now eighty nine seventeen. B and M eighty nine seventeen at Walls River. Then nine seventeen. CP 917 Walls River to Newport. It was a crew change point, but they would also set out any cars that were, say, locals for White River or whatever, if they had any. But they would pull the whole train up and put a CP buggy behind the B&M buggy. Right. Because that's after they stopped running the CP buggies through to Springfield. Okay. They took them off of White River. Took them off that's right. where I think this is, this could be... This could be that night that we were in uh, Charlestown, the train came apart. Oh, yeah. I'll know here in a little bit when I listen to it. Um, they got the train together that one night in Charlestown, and we went down to uh, the crossing there at Chapin's, South Switch Walpole, and we watched them leave. I think that this could be it. Either that or it's 89-17 on White River. It's, it's hard to tell with, you know. Right. But it would be two below zero. I'd be out there in my recorder, even if they were moving slow and switching. Oh, yeah. I'd stand outside there. It didn't bother me, you know. It was the same thing when we were chasing you guys a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean. At night, 10 degrees, Claremont, switching out the gas plant, taking pictures. You guys with, are standing outside. With no ambient light, yep. no flash, trying to get the engine. And, uh, same, same spirit. Same different, concept. Different era. At least we had yeah. the, the friendly crews. <laughs> that hasn't changed. I wonder who that was. Huh? Right, right. Um, I think this is eighty nine. I think this is eighty nine seventeen. Do a doing his move there at White River. Yeah. Was, that was quite a move because they pulled the whole train. They do a crew change at the B and M passenger station, and. Um, New crew would get on. Well, anyhow, they the CP buggy would be down in the B and M yard below Nut Street, so they have to pull the whole train north of Nut Street and back into whatever track the buggy was on. Right. You know, that'd be like sometimes eighty hundred car. Yeah, whatever, I mean that's you know? a, a distance there from the station to the yard. Yeah. 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 And even then, the engines would be way up north, way, the, way north of the over the river there. Right. Yeah. Right. It was before or after they would have had CP power? Well, CP power was still coming down, but it was getting the... Right about 83, the FRA or somebody ruled that engines with electric sanders couldn't be emued with engines with air sanders. Oh, really? And the CP alcohols, I guess, some of them were electric or what. Anyhow, it didn't compete. Well, you can't... It, some it, some rule. Some stupid, but every once in a while, it's still... This, I think, here, what we're listening to, I think it's that CP, SP job that came apart in Charlestown, and he came apart again before he got the wall pole. And I think this is after they got together the second time, they were finally leaving and going south over the cross. In other words, he's heading down through Bells Falls to the tunnel. Yep. And he had like a 90-car train. It's a big train. So he's probably well south of the tunnel. He's probably... Yeah, in the tunnel or south of it by now. Still coming through Walpole. But he's going over the cross in Walpole. Of course, he's moving probably about five miles an hour right now. But they had problems with it, that train that night. They had major air problems. Yeah. It was a cold winter night. Well, that would, that would happen, yeah. If I remember right, it was like... It was 82. It was like January of 82, something like that. Right around this time of year. Bad what struck me most in that train, you know, not only coming apart in Charlestown, and then again before it got the Bells Falls, um, and of course we gave the the head end guy a ride trying to find where he came apart, you know, in the middle of the night. Leroy's driving his van, and I'm in the middle, and the brakeman's on the side, you know passenger seat there we're flashing our lights up in the where the track is up here and the road's down here right around the sugar farm yeah sugar, you know 
yeah, the, the pig farm down there in Charlestown, trying to find where there's a gap where the train's apart. And um, the thing that <clears throat> stood out besides that stuff going on is he's got the typical CP cement hoppers, auto racks, CP newsprint cars, yada yada. Is there was one freshly painted 50 foot plug door box car, smooth side. Chicago and Northwestern. Oh, yeah. Employee-owned, bright yellow with a black roof. That stuck out in my mind when it went by. Right. It was, like, so cool. Yeah. It was just nice looking, you know? And... No, he's picking up speeders in there. But that stuck out in my mind as well. It's like, you know, watching, it's like... Right, and then you go wow. look for a model of that car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 30 years, 20 years later, you know? 30 years later, right. you know? That's definitely that CP job. Yeah. As you can see, he's picking up speed now. He's <laughs> but this is like probably like I say, I think it was probably 82. Excuse me, right around excuse me, January of 82. Because I think it was on school vacation. And I remember, and it sounds crazy that I can remember this, but I remember it being on a Sunday night. Oh, yeah. And Leroy came out and got me, and we'd had a lot of bad, really cold weather and a couple of storm or two. And this was like CPSP going through it. Look, on this tape, it was probably about 11 o'clock at night now, but when it started out, it was like 9 o'clock at night. That train should have gone through here at 7 o'clock in the morning. Right, so you know? super late. So everything was late, backed up, yeah. you know. And all the other jobs, too. And yeah, it was the constant. So like today, where, you know, the NECR job, if they're five, six, seven hours late. You see that train go by, and you know that's it. You know, there's nothing, nothing else is going to yeah. come. Yeah, it's... You, got it. you know, watching this train, or any of them, there'd be 40-foot boxcars, you know, with running boards. There'd be 40-foot boxcars without blue fox. There'd be 50-foot boxcars. Every kind of 50-foot you can think of. I mean, yeah. yeah. With it, still might have a roof lock on it. Or a modernized rail box car, which was considered fairly new. You know, auto racks. You know, bulkhead flats, lumber. Right. CP cement cars. April 28th, I think it is, 1983. Being on 200 in the lead. <laughs> which is getting to be common. 1205. 1005 at night. The Berlin job? No, it's a CBSP. Oh, CBSP. It, near the end of the pool agreement, the CB is only given about two units a night. The B&M was given like three or four. The B&M was starting to put the 200s and 300s up here a lot at that point. Right. This is the beginning of the Guilford era, too. So their power was getting a little bit, you know, the 200s were showing up a lot. And they were on the lead quite a bit. When did that job get annulled? The CVSP, that got on all about 84, 85. Okay. Around, I think it was about 85. And they and ran the two, their own stuff after that? CV ran their own stuff, the B&M. You know, the trade came off the CV that was, part of it was, be, a, you know, destined for the B&M. Right. But that white river, they separated it. Yeah, it wasn't the pool job the Springfield anymore. It was kind of nice to make the 38s on a lead like this here because... You could notice a distinctive difference. Because you hear them different, yeah. Different so, horns. Some of the new, another Jeep 9, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, that was the big power. You know, right. that was considered the big power. Yeah, although it's yeah, only about 10 years old. Right. S3 Elemo. Thirty-eight, forty-five, fifty-nine, and the CVRS eleven thirty-six oh six. Yeah. You want to talk about a power lash up? So, uh, thirty-eight BM Jeep nine rebuild. Yep. CV forty-five. CV Jeep nine and a CVRS eleven. Yep. Yep. I mean, where do you see anything like that today? Nothing. Even back then, it was wow. You know. Yeah. 38, a pair of nines and an RSA. This is a Claremont Junction, you know, 
definitely in the summertime and the warm weather, you know, I said at the beginning of the tape, things are a little bit louder than they are in the wintertime and the snow muffles it. Right. right. I would imagine the metal the rails are a little looser because it's not so cold out, so yeah, a little more, you know. Yeah. That's all the loose print. Loose print. 50 foot yellow door. Sounds like a northbound CP job. Maybe not. Doesn't sound like a B&M horn, but could be. Sounds like a CV bell. That's B&M. He's going through the siding going north. He probably just met that train down at Claremont South and that's what I went to the siding for him. Oh, okay. Well, light power. No, light power. Yeah. See, that is going to do a CNC set off. As we get further in the tape, I'll be able to tell. Um, what was I going to say? Um, PSP Claremont Junction, uh, April 29th, 1983. Uh, lead unit is 1724. Uh, we have 1728, 1724, and 1737. Three Jeep Nights? Yeah. That's what's coming. the CP job too, you know. But I think it said it's CVSP though, right? Uh, C CPSP? I'll be able to tell you in a minute. I think it was CPSP. Which would make sense, he just got done. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got their train with them, that's for sure. Whoa. That's 567s at the finest. Yeah. You still hear it in the background, you know? Oh, yeah. Bye. change recorders eventually at one point. I had like probably five or six different cassette players over a eight or nine year period. Yeah. At one point I think I had a regular cassette player like this and they had a microphone on it. Then at one point I had a boom box. Oh yeah. Radio cassette player that were also recorded. Yep. And this thing held like this it was about this wide. And I hold up <laughs> I think that's what these tapes 
trains oh yeah longer than what you were chasing out there you know well it's 10, 10 15 cars a local but then any cr job would be sometimes 30 25 30 cars spcp yep. 207 north i think they just did a set off yeah. set off the cars for them. cnc it's one particular recording is one of my first recordings one of my, one of my favorite it was the summer of 80 and um you know the southbounds used to climb up the hill from windsor all the way to claremont well there's a road it was called jarvis lane it's now called half mile road it was the viaduct that goes underneath just before they go out into the bridge yeah the high bridge if you really want to get a southbound with no sounds of automobiles or anything around, working up that hill, that was where to go. So one summer night in 1980, CBS, the through job, the pool job was coming. We only had four units, they had a short train, but my father took me up there and parked at the uh, underpass, walked up that big ass bank that's there. Yep. And it wasn't overgrown like it is now, but walked up it and it was like, you know, I was like 12 years old or whatever, 13, walked right up it and Within 20 minutes, you could hear him coming. Yeah. This is the recording. And, it was, you know, it was out in the middle of the woods, so they weren't used to seeing anybody up there. So when they came around the curve off the bridge and started nosing around before they come down the straightaway, there I am standing beside the track yeah. and the engineer was And it's 1980, was your dad still the general manager? Yeah, the CNC at that time, yeah. Yeah, okay. He was at night, he's taking me out seven o'clock in the summer night to chase trains after he's worked all day, you know? <laughs> I think he got as much kick out of it as I did. Oh, yeah, he took a lot of pictures, that's for sure. We're coming over the hybrid right now. We're coming around the corner. He's got three Jeeps, two of them, CV, B&M, and a VWP RS11.
that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the Boston and Maine Railroad Historical Society or joining us, you can visit our website, www.bmrrhs.org.